what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I am Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. This is a very simple podcast. We listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send in to us. Then we give our honest reaction to it. We're not critics. It's not a review show in a traditional sense. We don't really make value judgments about the music that we hear by and large. We just really like punk, hardcore, metal, and all the adjacent genres. So we listen to it and uh, talk about it. We'd be doing it anyway, so we just decided to put some mics in front of us and uh, go ahead and talk to you guys about it. People seem to like it, so thanks for listening. The format of the show is as follows. We have 10 bands in the queue every week. We roll some dice. We usually get through between six and seven bands, and that's really all there is to it. We let the dice speak. Um, We try to get around to as many submissions as we can. Probably pretty soon here, I want to do a roundup episode where we go back and uh, try to check out some of the bands that we've missed, you know, the last five, six, seven episodes or so, because sometimes Mm -hmm. bands just kind of get left behind and we don't get back around to them. So, Every now and then I like to do a roundup episode, but on this episode I think we're going to do mostly new bands. So Nate, if you don't have any points of order, I'm just going to get straight into the queue. If you do, feel free. No, I don't think so. Nothing's really happened this week. Um, Is there any any punk or hardcore news? I don't think so. Um, Anyone die? No, no one died to my knowledge. The only big thing I think that's occurring right now is that as we're recording this, by the time this is out, it will have, it will be over. LDB Fest in Louisville is going on, Life and Death Brigade Festival. Pretty good fest. Um, a kid named Ryan Story, who's originally from Indianapolis, puts it on. He's been living down there for years. Cool fest. Um, you and I have kind of made our feelings about big multi-day festivals known in so far as, I mean. They suck. They're terrible. Like, I don't like going to They them. need to die. Well, I wasn't going to say that. Um, I have no problem with them existing. I think uh, Homeboy's doing a, a large service for punk and hardcore by putting it on. I just have no desire in going to events like that. It like It's all of the parts of the culture that I really don't enjoy, like the super social aspects of it. The social aspects that are more than just like eating some food with a band after the show or hanging out with your homies, like being surrounded by... 600 700 other people for three the high school straight aspect days of it what's that the high school of it. sure yeah 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 it's just not my it's not my shit perfect fest lineup if i'm gonna travel five six bands top per night two nights yeah for sure just give me fucking killers yeah don't put any fillers on there i agree and uh that's it that's all the more yeah i don't need multiple stages i don't need 50 some odd fucking bands yeah uh, I was just actually talking to a friend of the show and friend of ours, Adam Walker, about this not too long ago. Right. Because he wanted to see if I wanted to roll to MDF. And I'm kind of like, man, only if I could go for free. Right. Number one. Sure. I ain't paying for it. Yeah. It's expensive, man. And number two, probably not because it's, it's awful. It's God awful. Yeah. The last time, the only time I went was to go, when I got to go for free. We got tickets. Yeah was to go see Infest when they played. And I think sure. it was like their first reunion show. Right. And I spent more time just wandering the streets of Baltimore with Micah yeah. uh, than I did watching any bands. For sure. Because it was just so fucking horrible. Yeah, it's just relentless, man. It's like, it's it's too, it's it's overload. It's too much music for me at a single time. I find myself getting exhausted and then unable to actually enjoy the bands that I want to watch. I, even it, even if it were 500, 600 people that I really like to be around, that's still way too much for me. I don't need that kind of stimulation. Chances are it's not going to be mostly people I like. It's going to be mostly people that I'm indifferent to, by and large, that I don't really want to be forced into situations where I have to constantly interact with them for eight-hour stretches of period, or eight-hour periods of time. You know, it's just yeah, a lot. And I feel like they've also kind of taken on a different 
perhaps a different intent in some aspects, where the social aspect of it in many ways supersedes what act- what is actually happening at the fest. Sometimes, for sure. I mean, I don't, and I don't think that's any fault of the promoters. No, it's just you a, know, the it, disease of modern culture. Sure, right. Like I saw somebody posting that they were going to stop by the parking lot of LDB because they didn't have tickets, but they were still going to swing through and hang out. Yeah. And like more power to you if that makes you happy. But I was like, dude, that sounds like my nightmare. Yeah. Like going to a, uh, an intensely crowded place where I don't even have the incentive of seeing sick bands just to kick it in the parking lot with a bunch of kids. Yeah. That I sounds think, awful. I think that, like I said, two days tops, six bands per night, and just pick the fucking bangers. Yeah. You know? We don't, you, you don't need the rest of it. For sure. Sorry if you're a smaller band trying to make your fucking way, and this is an, ex, you know, an opportunity to get in front of a, a group of people. Right. Here's the thing. No one gives a shit about you, and no one's fucking watching you in the first place. <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know how, how, how true if that you're, is. If you're, the, if you're falling early on the fucking ticket, yeah. no one gives a shit. I will say at LDB Fest, I, I think that that's not necessarily true, because I saw a bunch of footage... Over the week, uh, over the last couple of days, uh, and it looks like people are watching every band, from the first band all the way through to the end of the night. So, shout out to all those kids. Shout out to 500 kids watching every band. That's fucking sick. Yeah. But it's also not the norm. You know what I'm no. saying? It's not the norm on fest. Here's the thing, too. Get it done quick. Why not have every band play at once? Oh, okay. Now there's an idea. There's a novel thought. Right. Uh huh. Just stack the stage with people and instruments. <laughs> Right, yeah. It looked like it. It would. It would look like uh, you know some orchestral version of a shit show. Right, and just have everybody play at once. It'd be like Glenn Branca's orchestra. Now I would really enjoy that. I would really enjoy that. That would be that yeah. would be genuinely enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Right. Just imagine seeing like, I don't know, a thirty band lineup. Right. Thirty bands, two days. You know you're in for a fucking hell slog because it's gonna start at one. And you know that fucker ain't going to be done until 2 or 3 in the morning. Right. How about we just start at 7, uh-huh. everybody gets on the fucking stage at once and goes. Yeah, and it's done by 8. Done by 8. Yeah. There's tons of fucking merch. You know what the bands sound like anyway. So at right. least you got to say you saw them on stage. Right. There's tons of fucking merch, tons of fucking limited rare shit that you can pick up for the fest. Yeah. You can go buy it. You're in and out in 40 minutes. Sure. Job done. Saw the fest, saw all those bands, picked up this rare-ass record. It was dope. Well, if Demo Listen ever does a fest, that's that's the format. You know, I was just thinking about that earlier, like a Demo Listen fest. Yeah. Should should we ever be deigned to be, you know, popular enough to, to even try to pull something like that off? Right. Or we bring on, like, the bands that we really liked? Sure. You know, hey, you're lucky we're inviting you to come play our <laughs> fest, right? Right. Here's what you got to do. Right. Set up along with everybody else and uh-huh. play at the same time. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So if we ever get around to doing it, that's the format. I would I would I'm telling you man, if I saw 15 bands on the stage at once, 15 drummers, right? Right? 15 bass players. Yeah. Upwards of 20, maybe 22 <laughs> guitar players? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. 15 vocalists, everybody fucking going nuts at once. It would be a laugh riot. I would I would be enthralled. Yeah, it'd be fucking awesome. Right? I would love to see that. No joke. Yeah. I would actually love to see Transfixed that. Transfixed in stone as if caught by Medusa's gaze <laughs> for that 30 minutes. Yeah. I agree with that entirely. Yeah. So that's an idea moving forward. All if right. Any, so let's think about if that. If any promoters are listening to that, don't steal our idea. We, uh, we're going to execute that. 
Um, but yeah, so shout out to Ryan who does LDB. Shout out to Joe who does This Is Hardcore. Shout out to the folks who do Sound and Fury. All the people who organize fests. Um, it's not really my scene, not my format, not my preferred listening format for consuming live music, but it does a service to a lot of kids, so God bless. You know? Shout out, but knock it off. <laughs> right? Just a f- just give us 12 bands over two days. There you go. Right? Yeah. That is my that is my perfect because fest Because also, it, you know what? There's tons of fucking sideshows that go around fest, too. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so always let like other people handle that. And, after shows. and it's easier on the show promoter and the fest promoter. Fuck, you only have to deal with 12 bands for two nights. Right. And you can let all those other fucking assholes worry about the worry about the details of like side bands right. and, and other things like that. It's a good idea, right? I mean, truthfully, like like I said, I'm not I'm not in the knock it off camp. Do whatever you want to. Obviously, the demand is there. Kids are going to the shows, so more power to you. However, I do agree entirely that that is a perfect fest lineup. Is like five or six bands a night all bangers two right. nights that's perfect started at 6 I agree p.m. With that. Yeah. started at 6 p.m. you're done by fucking midnight yeah right at, at the latest at the latest yeah there's there's you know 6 or 7 p.m. there's tons of room to hang check out the fucking city you're in get For some sure. food get right, some right. records because because that's the thing like that's a lot of the fun yeah right is like right. the trip is having time to like Take in the local fair, buy records, eat food, do all right. that kind of shit, and just chill, and not and not have to worry about oh shit, am I gonna miss this band if right. I go then? Right, you know what I mean? Just cram it all into five hours, right? And then I got nothing but time to and fucking then be, chill, and then be fucking done, right? And you're done by midnight. There's plenty of time to go do something. The night is technically young, right? Especially if it's like a fucking summer, like summertime, right? Are you kidding? Friday, me? Saturday, yeah, yeah, perfect. Right? And it's fucking done at midnight. Yeah. Go hang with your homies. Get something to eat again. Yep. Fucking recount the uh, experience that you just had. Sure. Right? And uh, wake up fresh and ready to go. Agreed. For the next day. And then you know, oh, shit, we got all day Sunday to like drive home, fuck off, do whatever. There's no rush. Right. I agree. It's the perfect fest lineup. I mean, the fest that I have, I have not traveled for a whole lot of fests, but the ones that I have traveled for have pretty much been that. A389 fest, that's basically what those fests were. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those were my my favorite fests I've ever been to because they felt the least like fests. Like, each was just sort of like a long show. And if you wanted to go to some pre or after shows, they were there for you to consume if you wanted to. But the primary show, like when we went to see Left 4 Dead or I went the year that Integrity played, that whole day, quote unquote, was Integrity, Ringworm, Gehenna, Pulling Teeth, Grey Ghost, and like two other bands. Right. And that's it. That was the whole day. And, and it that's was even all like, bangers. If you ask me, like one or two bands too many. Like one band too many. Right. Right. You couldn't remember the other two. Sure. So why were they on the fucking bill? Right, right, sure. Right? Yeah. Exactly. That's my fucking point. Right. No, and, and, and honestly, every fest I've been to, there's only one or two bands that stand out. And then the rest of it is the hijinks and the fun you have when you're not watching a band. For sure. So why do we just stop kidding ourselves and acting like we actually want to stand around for 12 hours right. watching a million fucking bands and buying like different fucking passes to different sound stages and shit like that? Right. Knock it the fuck off. So when we do our demo listen fest, it's going to be... It's going to be 40 minutes. Be 40 minutes. All right. It's going to be 40 minutes. You're going to get lots of rad shit. Yep. You're going to see the most insane thing you've ever fucking seen. Yeah. And then uh, it's a memory that will live forever in your mind. <laughs> and then you literally have the rest of the weekend to do whatever you want. Yeah. Just get the fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. All right. So on that note, I'm going to go ahead and go into the uh, go into the queue for this week because 
as is our custom at this point, we say that we don't have any asides before we get into the queue, and then we inevitably take like a 10-minute aside. That's fine. Oh, I'm totally fine with it. Um, so first up, we have a return from last last week, Phalanx, with the release Golden Horde. This is a band from Los Angeles, California. I've not listened to it yet. They're death metal with punk hardcore we tendencies. We heard like 30 seconds yeah. of it last week. Yep, we did. Not on the show, but before the show. Then we have Despair Wolf with NYX. This is a band from New York that was submitted to us by Rich Miles. He is a Patreon donor and avid listener of the show, a dude that I talk to. Nate, he's, I think, maybe a couple years older than you. Old head. Um, we talk about punk and hardcore a lot. He usually has insightful things to add. He said that this was not unlike Union of Uranus. Okay. Which, if that comparison is apt, then fuck yeah. That's well, awesome. I mean, see, that's a that's a... That's a comparison you don't hear often, right? And um, if it's apt, that's a that's a bold claim for sure. Then we have got Stud Count with their demo. This is a new Philly, Pennsylvania band. It's I've heard this because my friend Haley plays bass in it. It is like power poppy indie rock with uh, punk overtones. I would say. Then we have got Dungeon Crawler with their demo. This came out, I want to say, yeah, July last year. Um, This was sent to me by the folks who run the label. Said they were avid listeners of the show, really, really dug the show, and they started up a little label last year, and this is the first release that they did on it. Okay. Then we have Last Gasp with their demo. This is a new band from Cleveland, Ohio, featuring my friend George. I think George is playing drums in this. Um... I know it features members of the short-lived but legendary uh, Ohio straight-edge band Committed. Um, other than that, I don't know a shit ton about it. I listened to a couple songs off of this, and it was sort of just fast, straight-ahead hardcore. He wants us to listen to the fourth song on this if we get around to it. Okay. Then we have got the new Drug Church single, Bliss Out. This was sent to us by Connor, who listens to the show a bunch, has been messaging me a lot about the show, said it's gotten him into a lot of new music. He just discovered the show a little bit ago and has been catching up on all the episodes. Um, He was most interested in your thoughts on on Drug Church. Um, I think, I mean, I'm a huge Drug Church fan. Um, I've heard this song. I think he's not the first person to ask me what your feelings on Drug Church are, so... I honestly haven't listened to them very much. I can't pick out what they sound like in my head. They're really fucking good. I think you'll dig it. Um, Then we have got Fatties with their demo 2019. This is an Orlando, Florida punk band that self-submitted, said they were a a body-positive fat punk hardcore band. Hardcore punk band. uh, The cover is uh, Burgers and Fries. The record is called Dynasty, like D-I-N-E. Okay. Dynasty, you know? Oh, is it... Oh, I got you, like Diner. Yeah, like, like Diner. Nasty. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I got you. Yeah. Then we have got MVA with Tough Love. This is a record that came out in April of last year. It was submitted to another individual who said he and his friends listened to the show a bunch, so shout out to y'all. Then we have got Sick Ones with a three-song release, Candid slash The Step slash Exit Years. This is a UK hardcore band. And then lastly, we have Guerrilla Warfare with Consume. This is a Louisville, Kentucky new metal band. This was submitted to us by a listener of the show who submitted several very disparate bands. Um, a hip-hop project, this, like a more straight-ahead hardcore band. This is maybe the first band that we've ever had in the queue that is self-identified as new metal, like it's in their Bandcamp tags. Yeah. And if you've listened to 
the show before, you probably have an idea of how we feel about new metal. And it's not good. It's not great. So no. let alone a band that's identifying willingly as new metal in, you know, 2019, 2020. The, the progenitors of new metal mm-hmm. deserve to be gnawed on eternally yeah. by Satan, locked frozen in the Lake Cositis <laughs> in the ninth circle of hell. Indeed. And and the description on this says three-piece three new metal slash hardcore band. Sorry, that's impossible. Yep. You're just a new metal band. Right. If you're claiming that you're a new metal band, it yep. supersedes all other associations you think you might have. Right. Um, so on that note, let's go ahead and roll the dice, see what's up first. Hopefully we will not lead with the new metal band because I'd like to ease into it. Okay. Eight is MVA. The band camp is mvahc.bandcamp.com. This band is from New Jersey. Like I said, the release is called Tough Love. It's a two-song EP. The songs are Heat and Weigh You Down. They're both, first song's a minute and a half long. Second one is just under two minutes long. So just go ahead and listen to the first song on this. Okay. Uh, So we're going to listen to Heat by MVA off of their release Tough Love. just heard the song heat by the band mva off of their release tough love uh well one thing i can say about that is i'm glad it's over <laughs> okay and it didn't stick around long so thank you very much for that mva right i didn't even feel like that ever actually progressed into a song yeah no, i know i mean there was a lot of stuff in there that maybe i'd like if it were in a more coherent composition right but as it was, it just never gelled. It never came together as a song. Yeah, for sure. I was it's, having the same thought. It sounded like ideas, but at no point did it settle into, like, at no point did it settle into something that I could lock onto. Right, for sure. I agree and, with that. And, you know, maybe the next song is different. But, you know, if you're putting out two songs, mm-hmm. if you're putting out, is this is this like just a digital release? I think so. Because the, the, the hip thing seems to be like to do like... The cassette tape layout. Right, but not have a cassette But not tape. have the cassette. Right, yeah, I don't like that. But if you're doing like two songs, yeah. and that's one of them? Right. Come on. Yeah. 50%, well, 50% of this most recent output, because they have some other stuff that they do. Yeah. maybe is worth, you know, scoping. Um, but 
also, if you've been working for a few years on some other things and this is what you've got, you're like, yeah, let's put this out and uh, one other song. Yeah, I mean, their la- their first release is from January of 2013. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if maybe they're trying a new sound on this release, and that's why this sounds half-realized, if they are switching it up and trying some new writing techniques. You I know don't what know. I'm saying? I could tell you that the uh, Eternal EP... Uh-huh. Has pretty dope artwork. The, yeah, the art looks really cool on that. I um, think that was the thing that was initially submitted to us, and then the person who submitted realized it was too old. Yeah. And was like, oh, they have this more recent release. Yeah. So they submitted this. Yeah, I don't know, man. This That that song never actually became a song. No. Um, it uh, it didn't stick with me. There were a, f- a few parts in there that I thought were interesting, but I, I was like the whole time like, all right, 30 seconds in, nothing's happening. Right, right. Okay, 45 seconds in, nothing's happening. Oh, yeah. 10 seconds left, nothing happened. For sure. So, whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll probably just out of pure curiosity check out the rest of the, like, what they've got. Sure. To see what they sound like. Because I'm hoping that that's not truly, like, exemplary of their sound. Right. But, uh, nah, not for me. Yeah, so this is pulling from pretty much strictly modern influences, and it's written all over the art for this. This is a world that you're not really into, Nate, but like, this is super, super, super clearly pulling from Turnstile. The art style on this is hugely influenced by Turnstile's uh, like aesthetic and graphic design approach. Um, when it first came in, I thought I heard in that initial riff, I heard some snap case. But then I, as I progressed further into the song, I was like, oh, okay, this is snap case via turnstile. Because turnstile definitely takes a lot of uh, a lot of influence from snap case in their vocal delivery and in their riffs. There was no turnstile in the vocal delivery on this, uh, but definitely in the riffs. So it became very clear to me immediately, like, okay, they're evoking older shit, but they're doing it through channeling modern influences. Yeah, see, with that, with that first, like the chunky part at the beginning, with yeah. like the feedback ring outs and stuff. Yeah, I was unbroken came to my mind. Sure, life, sure, sure. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, maybe this will do something. Like I said, it never did. Right. Yeah, and then like the fact that it went into that sort of groovy, bouncy part. That's when it revealed to me what the influences were. This is definitely pulling from Turnstile. It's pulling from Trapped Under Ice, stuff like that. And I don't know, like you said, some of the parts bordered on being kind of interesting. That little bouncy part in the middle kind of hooked me for a second, but it was gone before I could even like fall into a rhythm with it. Yeah, it just felt really incomplete. I mean, we're always talking about brevity. This song meets that standard. It's a minute and a half long. Maybe you try to fit too many ideas into this and none of them really gelled and came together. But yeah, I think you were very correct in, in saying that it didn't really ever feel like a song entirely. It just sort of felt like a bunch of disjointed ideas thrown together on a track. It didn't gel. Um, the production was also not great. The It was raw, but not in a way that I loved. The drum production was all right. It, they, the snare was real reverby and shit. Another production choice that was very much evocative of Turnstile and Trapped Under Ice and that whole Baltimore scene of heavier stuff. Um, so there were elements of the production that were, I think, hitting what they were going for. The vocals were not great in general, but they also weren't produced great. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. This shows some potential, but whatever that potential is, it's not reaching it yet because this didn't really do anything for me. I'm not going to remember anything about this song. No. You know what I mean? That said, again, I've heard a lot of shit on this show that's like, 
made me actually angry with how bad it is. That's not this. This no, because there's nothing to be angry about. There's nothing to be angry about, but like it's also probably one of the more forgettable things that I think I've heard on the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nothing about it sticks in my head. This entire song, just like I said, it felt like I've talked before how like every modern life is war song just sounds like a fucking build up that never fucking happens. All right, shout out to Jeff if you're listening to this. It my, never my, fucking my happens, dude. right? Yeah, it just builds up. But it never fucking goes anywhere. Right. This is even more like that. Like that those snare hits bringing it in and like and and those feedback ringouts and stuff in the in the beginning. You know, I can imagine in a show like that's done to kind of like get everybody's attention. Right. You know, like hey 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 yo yo yo. Right. And then everybody stands around for a minute and a half. Right. And then the band stops and takes a fucking 15 second, 20 second break where everybody tunes. Right. And you're like, what, that was it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Did the show really just start? Yeah, I feel that. So, yeah, MVA, like I said, there's been a lot of stuff on here that has actually made me mad with how bad it is. You don't fall into that category, but whatever you're going for, keep striving because I don't think this is it yet. Let's roll the dice and see what's up next. Three. All right, three is Stud Count. The band camp is studcount.bandcamp.com. Like I said, this is a Philadelphia, Pennsylvania band. There's always cool things happening in Philly. Uh, We knew that long before we started doing the show, but if anything, the show has definitely highlighted that there is a large concentration of bands still doing really cool shit in that city. Um, It's a two-song demo. I actually feel like we should go with the second one. Okay, yeah, that's cool. The first one's, like, there's nothing to go by. It's a sample of two, Mm -hmm. right, with an average track length of about a minute 40 between them. Sure. There's such a discrepancy between the two track lengths that I feel like the second one will actually give us a chance to like hear something. Yeah, for sure. Especially I'm a little gun shy after MVA. Yeah, fair enough. All right, cool. So we're going to listen to Give Me Time by Stud Count off of their demonstration. <laughs>
All right, that was Give Me Time by Stud Cow off of their demo. That was dope. Yeah. I wish that was a physical thing I could buy. I think that there is an intention to put that on physical tapes. It might already be on there. I'll ask Haley. I'll text them after the show or during the next break and see if there's actual physical tapes of this. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to hear more, more yeah. than just two songs, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was super dope. Yeah. Um, I said to you when you were playing, this reminded me of, like, I don't know, an early version of the Breeders where the Deal Sisters are like 18 years old. Right. Right? Yeah. I don't know how old the people in this band are. I'm assuming they're older than that. They are, yes. But that's what it reminded me of, Mm -hmm. right? A pretty rough version of the Breeders Mm -hmm. before they sort of smoothed into what they are. Right. And uh, that was really good. The the, uh, effects on the vocals, Mm -hmm. um, the way it was recorded, I like the noisiness of the recording. Yeah. And sort of the din of it. For sure. Um, And the the way that the, the vocal sounded on the recording were really good. A little sort of buried mm-hmm. and a little, uh, I don't know what the effect there is. There was like a chorus effect on There was a chorus them. effect yeah. on them. But uh, yeah, a little ethereal. Yeah. I was way into that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's awesome. The The chorus on that song is so fucking catchy. Yeah. So catchy. I get that shit stuck in my fucking head. Um, yeah, this demo is really fucking awesome. I wish that it were more than two songs too. Um, I'm really stoked to hear what they do when they have like a proper studio at their disposal because i think this is really good quality for a demo um they hit me up for a couple mixing tips when they were when they initially got a rough mix on it i sent sent them my very small amount of knowledge on mixing some stuff just because i have a lot of experience recording shit at home with very little uh very few resources i think it turned out well they ended up sending this off to looks like their homie evan king to master it ended up sounding pretty good um, but I am stoked to hear what this band could do with like an actual studio setup. Yeah, and hear more output. Yeah, for sure. Because two songs is definitely not enough. Um, the the other song, the first song on this, is a little bit uh, peppier than that song. Still really fucking good. Uh, yeah, I think the Breeders comparison is apt. They, so they also did another band that Kim Deal did, um, The Amps, mm. that's like maybe a slightly rawer version of the Breeders that's maybe closer in sound to this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. It's just like 90s, eight, late 80s, early 90s, peppy indie rock stuff with definite punk overtones. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's hard to go wrong with this kind of stuff. Sounds fucking good. What can you say about it, right? It's good. It's uh, awesome. I'll buy it when I see more of it. Like I said, I'll text Haley and uh, you know, I'll, see what their, I'll see what their plans are for the future because I'm not really sure. I think they just recently played their first show maybe. They've just dropped this uh, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so, I see that. So yeah, so yeah, shout out to Stud Counts. Shit's really fucking good. I'm super stoked to hear more. Let's roll the dice to see what's up next. Four. Okay. Four is Last, last Gasp. The Bandcamp is Last Gasp Ohio, or Last Gasp OH, rather, dot bandcamp.com. Like I said, Cleveland, Ohio band. My friend George is playing uh, drums in this band, and I think he recorded all this stuff with his home studio setup. George is also in another band that we have not had on the show called uh, Highway Sniper that is really, really fucking good. My homies Eric and Skylar are also in that band. It's like kind of polished, crusty D-beat stuff with really, really hard breakdowns and hyper-political lyrics about, like, murdering political lyrics. It's real or murdering political leaders. It's really fucking good. But this is George's other new band, Last Gasp. Like I said, I, heard, I listened to a couple songs off this, so they were really good. He wants us to listen to the fourth, fourth song. I think there are some other... Oh, yeah, my friend Sean plays in this band. Sean, You know Sean, Nate. You met him, at least. He used to play in the band Dismantle who are homies of ours from Ohio. We yeah, played yeah, their yeah, release yeah. show in, uh, in yeah. Toledo years ago. 
Um, so I think Sean is playing maybe bass or guitar in this band. And like I said, it's one member of that band committed from uh, Cleveland from that hasn't existed for many, many years. And then I'm not sure who else is in this band, but I think some other maybe older Cleveland dudes. So we're going to listen to the song Beyond the Factory Gates by Last Gasp off of their demo. That was the song Beyond the Factory Gates by Last Gasp off of their demo. Uh, that was fine. Uh, the lyrics were, you know, time-honored tradition of, you know, working-class-style lyrics about the, uh, uh, I guess, the indignity of being a number and a cog, as they say. Sure. And, uh, you know, not letting it get you down. There's right. lots of examples of songs like that. Sure. Lots of working-class bands that put out songs like that. And Cleveland comes by it honestly. That's and, a working and, class town. And Cleveland comes by it honestly. Um, you know, part of the Rust Belt. Um, yeah, that was fine. Uh, musically, it's a style of hardcore that is... There are plenty of bands I like that play that sort of style. Sure. Um, which is like that straight ahead, just sort of... It's post in my eyes. Yes, that's what I say. Right. Like in my eyes, right? right? It's not hearkening back to the like the the progenitors mm-hmm. of hardcore, right? But it's like a twenty year removed sort of like look at what hardcore was circa around nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine, right. right? Right? Yes. And it's fine. It's got the da na 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 na, you know? Right. Yeah. That's super common. Sure. Um, but it's also a style that, unless it's like in my eyes, mm-hmm. I generally don't think about much. Sure. You know? Right. So that was fine. The lyrics were, you know, pretty dope. I mean, I guess you aren't your job. Right. My advice is uh, try not. If you you got you got to find a way to make money. Right. Yes. Right. You don't have to let it take away your dignity. Right. And uh, you don't have to let it be what you are. Sure. Don't let it break you. Right. And if you're fortunate enough, and 
uh, I guess if you're fortunate enough and embark on the right sort of set of on the right track mm-hmm. in a career search, you find something that doesn't seem like a job. Sure. Right. Yes. We now we can speak from positions of not having children to support. Right. And, and families that's what I mean. to support. So so like we you know I have you're right. I mean I have tried hard not to fucking right. You know, not to burden myself, right, and also burden them with the horrors of the future, <laughs> right? Yeah, for There's sure. There's the certain horrors of the future. Yes, for sure. Right, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I've made decisions in my life to 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 avoid that. Right. Not everybody is so fortunate. Enough. That's why I mean, if you're fortunate, enough, right, right. Yes, for sure. Because if you are uh, tied to obligation, then you got to do it. Then you just got to do it. You got to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And you got to take care of your obligation. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I kind of feel the same way that you do about this style of hardcore. The progenitors of this particular brand of melodic hardcore I enjoy a lot. And then not a sh- whole ton of stuff beyond that. This was reminiscent to me of some of the bands that would come from that scene later on and get a little bit more popular. You have bands like Betrayed, which feature Todd Jones, who was in Champion, who would later go on to be in uh, now most famously Nails, but he was also in Carry On. He was in like all of those really popular turn of the century, mid to late aughts, melodic, hardcore bands. This is definitely pulling from that kind of stuff, but at the same time, they have members that were around during that first wave of like the era that you were you were quoting like 98 99 and stuff committed was around in the 90s um so i think there's a certain pedigree to a few members of this band where they're pulling from things that they know very well because they helped establish that scene when it was around um this is really well done super well done i think like i said george recorded all of this and he did a really fucking good job with it dude has a home setup he is uh, a really fucking talented dude sounds great for this style of hardcore, that little bit slicker production works really well. It doesn't work for a lot of stuff. It does work for this. Like I said, this was very reminiscent to me of a band like Betrayed, who I like a lot. If you're going to go for this particular style, this is about as well done as you can get with it. Um, riffs were catchy, right? There's not a whole lot that you can do within this particular subgenre of hardcore. You kind of have to stick, uh, you have to, you kind of have to keep it on rails, right? Um, if you go too far afield, then you get hyper melodic and you lose me entirely. Yep. If you get any rawer than this, you're doing a different thing. So if this is the lane that you want to be in, this treads that uh, sort of delicate line really well. Like I said, super well done. Not a thing that I'm going to revisit a shit ton. If I saw it at a show, I'd be like, hey, that's cool. That's a change of pace. Not a lot of bands doing this particular style melodic hardcore right now. They do it particularly well. Shout out. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, is, this is good stuff. Just not necessarily something that I would revisit time and time again. But if you like this kind of stuff, you'll probably like this a lot. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah, on that note, let's go ahead and roll the dice see what's up next. Three. All right, three is Dungeon Crawler. The Bandcamp is horroriconrecordings.bandcamp.com. This is a New Jersey label. Like I said, the folks from the label sent this over to me. I think they only have a couple releases on the label. They just started it up last summer. This was the first release. I think they have one more that came out in December. This was described to me as hardcore punk stuff um, that is exploring some more power metal and fantasy themes. You and I are big D&D players. I've been reading the dragon, the first in, in the uh, Dragonlance series of novels, Dra- Dungeons & Dragons novels right now. I've been uh, playing, replaying Divinity Original Sin, which is basically just a fucking awesome dungeon crawler game. 
um, that is in the vein of like the classic Forgotten Realms D and D games like Baldur's Gate. So I'm very much in a fantasy mindset right now. I am too. If, oh. if I had one wish, let's say a genie appeared before me, right, and I had one wish. Uh-huh. It would be that that shit was real and all of this yep. was gone. Yep, yep. I just said that like two days ago. I posted, I was like, look, I know it's easy to say as I'm fucking eating Indian food in my bed, but I promise you, with all that I am, I would give up every modern convenience if it meant I could be a roving adventurer slaying monsters in a fantasy realm. I would much rather die at 35, pierced on the end of a polearm wielded by... Uh, uh, an orc, right? Then live to be eighty, right. with fat old tits and cancer. As I have said before, better to die in Faerun than to live in this world. That's right, and I I fully believe that. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I would trade all of this. Somebody said you'd even trade like instant access to the entire recorded history of punk and hardcore. Yeah, I'd trade it all in a heartbeat. I'd trade everything in a heartbeat. If I if I could go for glory and gold, yeah. by slashing the throats of goblins and innocent forest dwellers, <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Any day, I would trade almost. I would trade anything. Yeah. I'd trade anything. Other than, like, my interpersonal relationships, I'd trade those. right? Okay, all right. I'd watch my family wither before my <laughs> eyes, right? If that was the wish, it's like, okay, well, here's the price. But, like, do it, homie. Because <laughs> all this shit's going and none of that matters. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. When it's all gone, it never existed in the first place. Sure. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, so they're hitting the they're hitting the right spot because I'm in a particularly I fantasy really, mood. I really like the artwork. Yeah, the artwork's fucking awesome. It looks like a club wielding orc um, with a, a a shittily drawn club wielding orc. Oh, there's some dice even here. Looks like there's like a D twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah, D ten over there and a D six. Yeah. Um, so that said, I like the artwork. I like the theme. I like the concept. Yeah, well, we'll Boy, s- do I hope I like the music. Yeah, because this does have a physical release, and there are a couple copies of the tape left, it looks like. So I hope I like the music as much as I like everything that I'm seeing leading up to the music. Do we just want to listen to the first song on here, yeah, the, the Crawl? Yeah, the Crawl, yeah. All right, cool. So we are going to listen to The Crawl by Dungeon Crawler off of their demo. Trapped inside with no way out but to crawl.
right, so the first track was just mostly an instrumental intro, so we just went ahead and decided to listen to the first two songs off of this. So we just heard The Crawl and Roll of the Die by Dungeon Crawler off of their demo from last year. Yeah, that had me smiling. Yeah. That was lowbrow and intentionally niche and stupid and right. funny. Yeah. The lyrics were pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it seems that the second song, Roll of the Die, yeah. was about critiquing armchair role-playing gamers right yeah yeah that's what it seemed like right yeah like you've not ne- you haven't been through the actual process of the role-playing but you're telling me how to play my character right that's what it seems right like. right right which is a nice spin on the classic hardcore lyric trope of like don't tell me how to live my life yeah don't tell me how to play my character yeah there's, there's, there's a, a line spin. in there we both liked about no bonus no pity right it's super niche <laughs> in so far as like you would have to actually know about role-playing on some level to get some of the references that are right in and so you know it's a joke band right it's, i like the joke i get it i think it's funny sure i don't think the music was anything terribly special not really um this is one of those things that like i don't want this to stick around for a long ass time because right. then it just becomes hackneyed exactly right yep do this give me a seven inch or two and then get out right for sure for right? sure yeah this is a fun little like joke side project right band. And, and the packaging better be dope as fuck like right. if you do a seven inch yeah go all fucking in like include like a dun like a map Yes. You know what I'm saying? Include a map. Do like a custom yes. dungeon. Character sheets yeah. for people. Like C- Character sheets for your band members. Character sheets for the band members. Shit, like, we should just do a side project yeah, like this exactly. and do all these ideas. A fucking D20 picture disc. Oh, dude, that would be sick. Right? Yeah, that would be sick. With a one. Yep. He rolled a one on That'd one be... side and there's a 20 on the other. That'd be fucking and There's awesome. so many fucking like punny gimmicky things you could run with this. For sure. I'm and gonna... I would buy them. Yeah. I, I would snap that up like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in fact, I just bought the tape because oh, cool. it's, it's, if for nothing else, it's a funny little thing to have. Right, for sure. Right? Um, so, yeah, I, I dug that. Um, like I said, I get the joke and I was into it from the. I, I'm glad that the music didn't turn me off. Right, yeah, for sure. The music right. was like, the music was fine. A good modern analog to it, not nearly as well done or as engaging, but kind of gasm in delivery in that it was like bouncy and blown out with like clear, and the guy even sounded like the dude from gas a little bit yeah exactly yeah. like the vocals were not striving to be tough at all right you know what i mean there was clear like thrash metal influence that was just under the surface but there was equal parts new york hardcore in it and it was just i mean gasm is like borderline joke band you right. know what i mean right, like right. they fucking rip right but it's really funny too yeah this and- was like like I said, as a modern comparison, I think that's like a fair a fair point of comparison. Yeah, I like, think so. Obviously, not ripping nearly as hard, but no. like totally fine. The atmospheric keyboards and roll the die right, yeah, underneath yeah. was pretty good. And yeah. honestly, I mean, yeah, that first song, Dungeon Crawl. Yeah, you know, we talk about erasing this existence and giving it up for another. Uh-huh. Like, what would you actually rather live under and have to strive right. against? Right. Yeah. The current dilemma that we find ourselves in sure. with he who shall not be named right. and his horde of barbarian followers, his right. horde of, of ig- ignoramuses, yeah. right? Or the perils of like, I don't know, traveling to the sea of floating ice to fight a Balor on a fucking ice flow. No fucking contest, right? dude. No contest. It sounds incredible, dude. Right. I want. I truly want nothing more. Yeah. It actually, it like, it... it it bums me out sometimes. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where my internal fantasy world vacillates between being satisfying as an escape yep. and bumming me out because I get fixated on it and wish so badly that I could actually escape to it. It, 
it is lamentable that we are destined to senesce into convenience and enfeeblement right rather than plastered to the earth under the foot of uh, a Tarask. I agree with that. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, roll the dice on that note. So, how many we have left? We got six left. Six. All right, well, I was kind of hoping we didn't land on this. This is the new metal band? This is the new metal band. Just because, God, what what, what left do we have to fucking say about new metal that we haven't said already? But you know what? That's the nature of the show. So... The Bandcamp is gwarfareband.bandcamp.com. Gwarfareband? Gwarfareband. Yep. Like I said, the band is called Guerrilla Warfare. The release is called Consume. They identify as a new metal slash hardcore band, which I have already acknowledged is impossible. You got to be one or the other. You can't be both. Not in my world. And you're in my world right now for the next... However long the podcast is, you're in our world. And in our world, you can't be a new metal band and a hardcore band. It is five songs. They have... If oh you even God. have one drop of new metal blood in you, right. you're new metal. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Right. right. So I we've talked about this before. I've talked about this with other people. There are certain... There are certain personal associations or identifiers an individual can have that supersede all other things about them. And my go-to with that has always been being a juggalo, right? There are a lot of things where it's like, I don't like this about this person, but like, I'm not going to judge a book by its cover. That guy wears a fedora, but maybe there's something underneath. Yeah, and and the juggalo isn't, I mean, it's pretty eye-rolling when you bring that up as an example, but it's not like as eye-rolling as a Nazi. Right, for sure. Right, right. Like, come on, everybody knows they suck. Right. Right. Juggalos aren't as if offensive. Sure, no, they're not as offensive to like my actual ideals. Right, but right? I can. But when I spot them, I don't want to get to know them. I don't. I don't want to get to know them. It's right. like seeing a dirty diaper in a parking lot. Right, and you don't want to park your car anywhere near it. Right. So whatever other redeeming qualities that person might have, I'm never gonna fucking find out because they've already chosen an identity that supersedes and overshadows everything else. And that's how new metal is. If you have even a fucking drop of new metal influence that you're proudly wearing on your sleeve and saying, "We're taking from new metal," that's it. You're just a new metal band. That's right. That's all there is to it. That's I'm all sorry. there is to it. I don't make the fucking rules. Um, the song that they have set to autoplay is the last song on here, which is almost six minutes long. Fuck no. You got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, I don't even want to listen to 60 seconds of a new metal band. No. So you want to listen to the second song, maybe? Headlines? All right, let's go with that. The one. first song seems like an intro. Yeah, you know there's what no I mean? way, right? This song is still three minutes long, though, and three minutes of new metal, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't agree with me. Well, we do live in Fort Wayne. Yes, yeah, so, so I've, I've been like here in 30 how you years eat 10, of 10,000 spiders in your sleep over your lifetime. Right. Collectively, I probably hear at least 10, min- 10 minutes of new metal a day right. just living in Fort Wayne. <laughs> right. Yes, just from the ambient sounds of right. the city. Yeah, so all right. We're going to and there's there's lyrics too. I hope that they are I hope they're new metal lyrics. I hope they're about really dumb shit. Um so we're going to listen to Headlines by Guerrilla Warfare off of their release Consume. Sharing of our country. Are you deaf? Are you blind? 
you're just mute It don't concern your life Are you deaf? Are you blind? You're just mute Now wouldn't that be nice? Look me in my fucking eyes When you feed me those lies And try to hide behind that suit And tie the scalp to I Look like I'm stupid, bitch I see right through that shit Now where do we this? I wanna know when you fix A single problem ain't going solve it By playing politics and pumping pockets Cause I know we'll all be dead Before you take us on your profits Out of sight Out of mind Out of sight Out of mind Just a blind Need to blast song headlines by the band guerrilla warfare off of their release consume that's not written for people like me <laughs> no it's no it sure and is good not. for them right right yeah they're doing their own thing uh-huh. i'll give the dude props on a good fucking delivery of those fucking lyrics sure it was a goddamn book right he did his best his act de la rocha impersonation which, right hey that's a fucking compliment yeah. right like i'm not it, it's i don't listen to rage against the machine i don't give a fuck mm-hmm. right um but like that's obvious what you're going for. Sure. Right? So you did it. Right. And you you did it well. Right. That's the best I'm going to say. Yeah. I don't listen to shit like this. Right. Um, it doesn't do anything for me, and it makes me want to stay away from the people that do listen to shit like this. Yeah, for you sure. Know? I just don't. I, I don't listen to a lot of stuff that has jumped the fuck up. Right. Like this. Um, yeah. I, I, it just doesn't. This... Okay, now I I have mentioned multiple times, Mm -hmm. right, how horrible it is. Okay, so when I first moved to Fort Wayne Mm -hmm. years ago, uh, some folks in the that I was in school with, he said, "Hey, our friend's band is playing someplace downtown," and we went. It was it was at the Dash Inn, right, Mm -hmm. and it was um, a lesbian, 
fine uh-huh. in like bib overalls. Right. Right. And she was playing with her band the song Lean On Me. Okay. And I was sitting there with people that I'd only known like a week and a half uh-huh. that I was going to have to work with closely uh-huh. for the next two. Right. And she started, they started, they were playing, they, they were playing Lean On Me. That was like maybe three songs into their set. And I'm already not really feeling it because she's really doing like, and, and, and the reason I point out she was a lesbian was because it was very trope heavy in terms of like very heavy on like, you know, like Melissa Etheridge. Right, right. Right. Vocally and musically. Sure. Right. With a good deal of Ani DeFranco thrown in and shit like that. Right. Which I don't give a fuck about. Nope. Me neither. Um, And uh, I, I don't need to hear grubby fucking dreaded out white girls rapping about like, you know, the fucking problems of the people. No, not at all. Right. So they're playing lean on me. Right. I'm already a little irritated. Yeah. But that's fine. I'm getting to know these people that I'm in school with. I don't know. I literally don't know anybody in town. Sure. And so we're sitting there listening. And, you know, I didn't drive. I rode with somebody. Mm-hmm. And halfway through the song, they go into like this breakdown where she starts rapping. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. This middle-aged white woman with, you know, uh, like cropped hair uh-huh. in her bib overalls. Yeah. And she starts rapping about like the problems of the streets. <laughs> um in the middle of this lean on me like bridge. Yeah. And at this point I just said, fuck this. And I, I said, I'll see you guys later. And I got up and left. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I feel about this. Like I'm not sticking around if I see this plane. This no. This this raises like this raises goosebumps on me in a bad way. Yeah, for sure. Right? Spider sense gets tingling and I just no, I'm out. Right. I'm out. It makes it makes my skin crawl. Yeah, for sure. And that's what it was. This was uh, 20 years later, uh, some white guy from Louisville, Kentucky, rapping to me about the problems of fucking the street. I don't know if he's white. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure he is. I'll just picture him. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm not going to I'm not gonna speak on uh, any of these dudes. Maybe not, actually. So, maybe not. Okay. Anyway, I don't need them. I, I don't need I to don't hear ca- this. I don't care what the homeboy's racial background is. Right. I don't want to fucking hear this. Right. It makes it worse if it's like a straight up white person. Yes, that's, right, sure. that's my point. For sure. Right. But even then, it doesn't make me like this anymore. Right. The best thing that I can say about this is at least the lyrics were political. Yeah. And and I, like I was down with the lyrics. And, and honestly, down. like, dude, you fucking pulled it off. You delivered it because there was a fucking jumble of shit in there. Right. And you didn't stumble over yourself. Right. You fit it in there. Sure. Good on you. Sure. I don't like to hear it like that. The, I want to hear I want to hear howls of madness. Right. Exactly. Yes. Right? Me too. Me too. Uh, with, uh, addressing the exact same topics, right. but I want to hear it. But howling mad. Right. Exactly. Um, his hero's gone. Yes. You know, I want to hear that. Right. So I dabble with more stuff in this world than you do, but not much. Uh, really, the only shit that's even adjacent to this that I really like. I mean, I like the... F- so, I like the first couple Rage Against the Machine records, but I could not tell you the last time I listened to one, and I couldn't tell you the next time I'm going to put one on. That's because they're so fucking cliche. It's like fucking Freebird. Right. At this point, right. Exactly. They're ubiquitous. Right. They, they're, they have permeated every nook and cranny of our culture that it's not interesting to me at this point in the slightest. Right. And you got like, you got like fucking politicians, conservative politicians saying it's their favorite fucking band. Right. Exactly. At that point, kill yourself. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I guess so. Other than that, I guess the closest that I come to something like this is maybe like downset. I like some of the downset stuff. Yeah, but see, that's so, and and that just gives you a point. It's how clueless we are because like that's really fucking far. That's that's like you have to go back like twenty years, right? Plus, plus, yeah, to come up with a comparison for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Other than that, <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't. I don't like new metal. As I said on this show before, I have more of a soft spot for it than Nate does just because I was a kid when it was coming out. So there are a couple of those records that connected with me when I was like 10 years old and I was first realizing that I really liked heavy music. And there are a couple of those, those records that if they come on, I'm not mad at them. Namely, the first couple Slipknot records, uh, Hybrid Theory. You know, I'm not mad at that record insofar as for what it is it's definitely the best executed of all of those bands but i have no need for any of that in my life at this point in 2020 at the age of almost 30 and i certainly have no need for it even brushing up against hardcore it 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 has no business sharing the same spaces this could have been much fucking worse i'll give them that it could have been everything was executed well for what it is it's just that what it is is pretty offensive to my sensibilities i I will say that this was not fucking straight 100 proof new metal right right for sure 200 proof right new metal like this was not pure distilled shit right right for sure um so yeah i mean it was pulled it, it seemed like they pulled it off well but it's just not my thing. I like rock. I like rap. I do not like rap rock. Right. Except for maybe like that Anthrax. Uh, bring the Noise. Public the, Bring the Noise. Track. Anthrax Public Enemy is a dope fucking song. Right. Right. That's the that's but that's the pinnacle of rap rock. Those are two giants of their right. fucking genres. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and 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 you know, there's a few tracks on like the Judgment Night soundtrack. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Judgment Night soundtrack. We great. said we've brought that up before. Like yeah. that's your one out. Right. That's yep. it for sure. Um, but yo, I will say the fact that we were as complimentary as we were with this stuff speaks volumes oh, to the quality of what this is. You I, know what I, I'm saying? I absolutely guarantee you. Yeah, like this must be high quality. It has to be because we didn't just eviscerate it. Right. We were like, hey, you know what? Good on you. Right. The fact this, that we said that about something that was fell in the world right. of new metal, you guys should take that as the highest possible. Right. Compliment. Because I fucking hate new metal. Yeah. And and. I absolutely guarantee you that the the, dude, the people that go see this go fucking ballistic. Right. But, like, the fact that I couldn't muster up any sort of, like, real ire or anger for this is a glowing review as far as we're concerned. Yeah. You know what I mean? So shout out, shout out to Guerrilla Warfare for doing a thing that I hate the best way you could possibly do it. Yeah, and shout out to fucking keeping your head up and, like, you know, writing about shit that is a bit more pertinent than uh, yeah. whatever the fuck it was, like, Corn wrote about. Right, yeah, being a being a crazy, sick, psycho freak. Yeah, being blind, right? right. Wearing a leash everywhere. <laughs> right, yeah, for sure. I dig the political lyrics. Keep that up. You know, if you're going to go into the new metal world, uh, channeling Zach De La Rocha is, uh, I suppose, the best that you could do. So, you know, shout out to Girl And it's Warfare. a bold move. That's a bold step. It is. It, there, Yo, there's a band that I actually have to show you. I'll show you on the way over to Brandon's. That's like a newer, like, hardcore band that a, a couple people have recommended to us. I've already heard it. I think maybe somebody sent it in for the podcast, but it just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, this band, Jocko. That is like a newer hardcore band, I guess. I mean, that's how they identify. But it's like 
literally rage against the machine to a T, like more than this. Yeah, like, dude, I, I'm going to show it to you on the way. And like, again, it's a band that's like, they're executing it really well. I don't give a shit about it at all. But when I heard it, it was actually astounding, yeah. the level to well, which I mean, they were ripping it off. This band so. is only really Rage Against the Machine in the vocal delivery. Sure, right, exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah, like I said, Guerrilla Warfare, you're doing this. The best you could possibly do it is just not a world that either of us gives a fuck about. But the fact that we said anything nice about you at all speaks volumes to the quality, I guess, of your delivery and musicianship. So, good for you. Yeah. Let's uh, roll the dice. We got time for one more before right. we head over and get in, get on with our festivities with our friends. Three. All right, cool. Three is ending on a high note, at least for me. It is Drug Church. This is not on Bandcamp right now. Uh, it's on Spotify. There's a YouTube link. We'll, we'll get I'll, it. I'll send it to you. If you listen to the show and you're a young person, you probably already listen to Drug Church because every young person is listening to Drug Church, as they should be. If you're an old head and you're not familiar with them, they're very easy to find on Spotify. This new single's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's everywhere. They're like an actual band on an actual fucking label, so their music is quite easy to find. The new song is called Bliss Out, so we are going to listen to Bliss Out by Drug Church, which is, uh, as of now, just a single. I think it's going to be on an upcoming EP or a full length or whatever. I'm not sure. Okay. That was Drug Church with the song Bliss Out. Yeah, that was good. I like that. Yeah. I'll check out the rest of that album. Yeah, whenever it comes out. Like it's, I said, I don't know if it's going to be an EP or if it's off an upcoming full length. I'll check what. out their other stuff, too. Yeah. That's interesting. That, obviously, like, uh, I'm aware of, like, people that are in it. Sure. Um, Patrick Kinlan. Right. I don't really know who he is. Right. His name floats around. He's on some other hardcore podcast. Yep. Nice right. to grant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't play D&D, so I don't listen to it. Right. Fair enough. Um but uh, yeah, that was dope. The lyrics are pretty good, sort of uh, ambiguous, right? But negative at the same time. Yes. And I am all about negative lyrics. Yeah. And for I sure. am all about 
brutally cynical, uh, mocking lyrics. Right. Right? Because all you can do is stare into the face of the horrible world that we live and laugh at it. Right. Otherwise, it's broken you. For sure. Exactly. Right? Yes. Otherwise, it's broken you. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was into that. I like the lead at the end. Yeah. I don't have a lot of Sonic references off the top of my head that are recent. Like, this pulled from a lot of stuff. Sure. It's chunky. It reminded me of, like, a lot of mid ninety stuff that might have been coming out of D.C., Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely pulling from that stuff. Right. Like the one, th- especially with like the little, like just a little quips, like the spoken word quips that he had in there. Right. And the, the overall sort of, I guess, chunkiness of the song. Sure. These dudes like Jawbox and shit. Yeah. Right. And and even like, like I heard like, um, it wasn't as upbeat and catchy and sort of uh, jangly, but just in song structure, mm-hmm. uh, like a band like Blue Tip. Sure. Yeah. Um, which is a very under fucking rated band. Right. Um, from that era, mid nineties, late nineties. Yep. Out of DC. Um, so yeah, I like that. There's a lot of stuff I listen to that sounds like this, so I'll check the rest of it out. Yeah, for sure. I mean the chunkiness of that riff is evocative of helmet too. Yep. Something Absolutely. like helmet. Absolutely. Um, and I at least early helmet. Their new stuff is horrible. Right. But uh, you know, the first few records For sure. Fuck. Yeah. Great. Uh, we saw them a couple years ago in Ohio. Yeah, in Ohio. They sounded fucking great. And they had a good time with it. They did, yeah. They were cracking jokes, having a good time. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, so the chunkiness of that riff, definitely evocative of Helmet for me. These guys are, their influences run the gamut. I think they're like you and I in that they listen to a little bit of everything. They channel those influences really well. They've managed to distill those influences into a sound that is uniquely their own. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to bring up too is like, that's the difference between somebody that's been around for a minute and somebody yeah. that's just getting started. For sure. Is people that have been around for a minute, you know, they, they take an influence and they, they make they make it into something that is their own. Right. And it's hard to just say, hey, this sounds like that. Right, exactly. Right? Drug Church sounds like Drug Church. Right. They have influences, like I said, that run the gamut, but they are definitely a singular band in today's landscape. They're playing, I guess, what you could broadly classify as post-hardcore in the same way that we would call a band like Quicksand post-hardcore. Mm, yeah, but and that's another influence that's clearly in there. Exactly. All these dudes have a pedigree that is pretty undeniable. Pat is also in Self-Defense Family, uh, played in a really cool band called Lost Leader. Self-Defense Family used to be a band called End of a Year, which was named after the Embrace song of the same name. They pulled heavily from DC-era emo core stuff, shit like that. So like I said... All the players in this band. Drug Church has been a band for a fucking long time. I booked them at the Harrison House back in probably, I want to say 2013, maybe. I wasn't around. No, you were you were out of town for something. I, I booked them at the Harrison House with another band called uh, In Between and a band called Rain Dance, both awesome bands as well, worth revisiting. They're not really, I don't think either of them are around any, anymore, but both were very cool bands. So they've been doing this for a minute now, uh, going on a decade, I think. And they have refined their sound incredibly. They've been good from jump. But, yeah, I love this. Drug Church is one of my favorite contemporary bands, period. They put on an incredible live show. Their songs are super catchy. Pat's lyrics are, as you pointed out, cynical, uh, negative, but incisive at the same point at the same time. Um, yeah, it's just really good stuff. It's huh. If you're a fan of music, it's kind of hard to not like this band or find something about this band that you like. Turns out I actually have a copy of their first record. Oh, do you? Yeah, the one on No Sleep. Oh, well, you... Okay. Paul Walker. Yeah, 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 yeah. You I don't remember it. buying it, but there it is on my collection. Well, fuck. Maybe... Are you sure you weren't at the house for that show? I don't think I was. Huh. 
Because they, that's, the, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know if that record even would have been out. No, that w- that record wouldn't have been out yet. When it came out, out. in the July 23rd, 2013. Okay, so maybe it was out, or maybe there, it was just about to come out. There are two for sale for seven, $69.22. Holy shit, for real? Is it really for worth real? that much money now? I can't imagine it's worth that much money. I, I've seen this record for sale in used bins as well. Yeah, for sure. It's Ooh. a really good record, but yeah. they've come a long way since then, for sure. Like I said, they've been a good band from Jump. But with each release, they continue to progress and refine their sound. And like I said, really carve out a niche as a singular band. They're a band that can tour with any band. Like, they can tour with way... They're on a Thrice tour right now, which, if you're unfamiliar with that band, is a much more mainstream sort of almost, at times, radio rock crossover-y post-hardcore band that was popular around the turn of the century and mid-aughts. Um, they can do that tour, but they could just as easily do a hardcore tour and be at home. So, like, they they occupy a nice space in that world where they can just kind of say yes to whatever tour they want to do, which good position to be in. And they can pretty much appeal to, like like I said, entry-level pop-punk kids will like this just as much as 30- and 40-year-old dudes who have been listening to stalwarts of this particular brand of post-hardcore for years. So it's a good spot to be in. Shout-out to Drug Church. They're always doing cool things. They're homies, good dudes. Hope the tour's going well. Um... I think that's uh, I think that's all we really got time for tonight. We got through six bands. Um, once I get the edit done, we'll be at a, probably an hour fifteen ish. Okay. It's a little bit of a short episode. It's already ten. Are there any calls? We got a couple calls. You want to do a couple calls? We real didn't quick? do any last time. Yeah. So let's do a couple calls real quick, and then uh, and then we'll call it because we got to get over Brandon's house and fucking hang out. We got we have social and peer duties to that's right. You know, get to as well. We have we have. Uh, Friendship bonds to maintain. That's right. Bonds of friendship. Bonds like of friendship. It, like in, and instead, are already years ago imparted us, in, imparted to us the importance of maintaining those bonds. Oh, it's, that's, that is correct. And I, who am I to deny the lessons imparted to us by instead? By twenty-year-old children, thirty <laughs> right. years ago, wearing champion sweatshorts, jumping off of stages. So yeah, let's let's just do a couple calls. Uh, let's see what we got first. Gentlemen, Will Neal. Proud patron, love the fucking show, love the recommendations. Um, this question is a throwback to, I, I think you talked about in a couple of the earlier episodes. I did not do my proper research, so I don't know exactly which episodes, but I think it's what you referred to as Happy Valley Hardcore. And I understand the concept of what you meant by that in that it has all the um, elements, the uh, the hardcore uh, components of what should be, you know, hardcore music, but there's something missing. There's something not quite right. There's a, you might even say a spiritual element that's missing or whatever, whatever it is. It doesn't have the reference point. It doesn't have the, um, I don't just the rough edge or, you know, um, thinking about that though, where did that actual term come from? Is it an actual band? Um, you know, just trying to figure out what the origin is of how you decided to call that type of hardcore Happy Valley. And um, it made me actually think when I was when I heard it, it made me think of the George Carlin bit when he's talking about white, white people to play the blues. It's like, what the fuck do white people, you know, have to be blue about? It's not enough to know the notes, to which notes to play. You have to know why they need to be played. Anyway, um, yeah, so let, let us know the origin of that later all right so that was uh that was will neal who called in um dude who i recently became internet friends with through rich miles who sent in a band earlier i mentioned him uh 
I think around Rich, Rich's age, around your age, Nate, I think, I think dude's like, you know, early 40s, I want to say. Okay. Old 90s hardcore dude. Seems like it a very insightful, cool dude from the conversations and interactions that we've had. Funny dude. The term that you're looking for is Uncanny Valley Hardcore, and we did not coin that. I think the first person I heard say that was maybe... Bob or Tom on Axe to Grind use that to describe hardcore specifically, but the term comes from technology. Um, and I'm not sure if it predates that. I don't know the actual etymology of the term, but it was used initially to describe technology that evokes a human element that is very close to being perfectly evocative of humanity, like an AI specifically, but there's just something off about it that you can detect is not quite human or not quite living. So I think in the same way, as you pointed out, there's just an element missing from Uncanny Valley Hardcore, and it's not always easy to put your finger on precisely what that is. As you iterated, almost a spiritual, uh, there's just something that you can't place. Or the Intuition jo- tells you right. that something is lacking. Right, exactly. It's like an evolutionary, yes. like my haunches are raised, raised in an evolutionary way. Right. Like this is an enemy. This is bad for me. This is a thing I do not consume. Yeah, it, it, it probably hits, I mean, you're right, the term did come from like, you know, technology. Right. Where it probably does sort of strike some like deep evolutionary survival cord inside you. Right. Right? Yeah, like this is... This is a mimic. Right, exactly. This looks like a thing that should be part of, should be my kin, should be part of my peer group, whatever, my family group, but is in fact trying to infiltrate and do bad things. These are in fact not my children. Right, exactly. And I must ram this knife through their gullets. Right, so the term is used to describe what I guess, for lack of a better term, could be, you know, described as interlopers. Yeah. Or at, at least what appear from the perspective of a jaded old head to be interlopers, people who are putting on the right clothes, maybe playing the right riffs. I think your George Carlin bit reference was good, right? You can't just know the notes to play. You got to know why they need to be played. And I'll tell you what white people have to play the blues about Uh cashing in. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Cashing in. That's, I mean, come on, that's what it's all about. Yes. Cashing in. Right. Exactly. Um, and then years later, you really learn what the blues are when your two-year-old scrambles out the window of a 13-story building. <laughs> That's a good Eric Clapton reference. And then you cash in even more, and you become more famous than you ever were before, <laughs> making money off of the ghost of your dead son. <laughs> yeah, what a crass thing when you really think yeah, of it that three way. three teeth in his head, and they ended up on the back of his skull. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's where the term comes from. Um, I think you nailed exactly what it entails, but, yeah, that's the origin of the term. Yeah. Um, let's do uh, let's do one more message. Okay. Down for that. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty fucking ambivalent about it. I didn't hate it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not it's not quite my lane, but I kind of dig it. You know, it's whatever. Fuck y'all, man. Why don't you play my shit? No, I'm just kidding. You guys are cool. I'm from fucking Atlanta. And I play in pulpit, play my fucking shit, you goddamn asshole. I'll send it to you. Play the shit. You guys are tight. What's up? Fuck y'all. Bye. Hey, uh, uh, just calling in because you didn't play my shit band that, uh, tried to get y'all to play. But, uh, you know what? Uh, I would really appreciate it if you played my shit band. Um, it's called Pulpit. But, uh, go fuck yourself and I'll fuck myself too.
Later. Okay. All right, so that was one of the members of the band Pulpit. They were in the queue uh, two episodes ago, I want to say. Maybe maybe we'll get to them. Listen, the way this works is we genuinely roll acrylic polyhedral dice. Right, yeah, yeah. That's... You are left to the fates of the god of plastic. Right. Whatever the whims of the god of plastic are, right. maybe your band shows up and maybe it doesn't. For Who sure. can actually know the Danes? Of the god of plastic. Right. Yes, for sure. So, uh, so yeah, I do remember Pulpit being in the queue a couple episodes ago. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm going to do an episode, maybe the next one, um, just to catch up with stuff that has been left out of the queue the last few episodes. We'll do a roundup and roll the dice. But even at that, few bands are bound to get left behind, so we're not sure if Pulpit will come up. That, that said, I always enjoy calling up. And giving us a little heat, throwing a couple fuck y'alls yeah. at us. Yeah. Right. That's that's the the playful antagonistic nature of the show. Yeah. I get I I'm glad when somebody gets it. Yeah. You know what I'm 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 glad when somebody is not um deeply fucking emotionally injured by a thing that we say or do and gets the antagonistic nature of the show and has fun with it. Perhaps bending the knee and appealing to the senses of senses of Eurythanos, the god of plastic. Right. We'll get you somewhere. <laughs> perhaps. I, I, perhaps you should embark on a 48-hour-long ceremony of evocation. Right. Knees bent on a dowel laid across the floor. A one-inch dowel rod that you put your patellar tendons on, and you kneel on it for 48 hours. Perhaps then you shall gain your Thanos' favor. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, one can only—all you can do is try. Right. Right? So give it a shot. And uh, maybe Paul will come up in the queue in the next episode. That's right. Who knows? Um, on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for the night. Uh, we got a fucking second Patreon, or uh, we got a, Patre- a second episode to record tomorrow, a Patreon episode, and we still got hangs to do tonight. And then tomorrow we got to go watch the fucking Tim and Eric Oscar special too. Yeah. It's going to be a busy fucking day. It is a big day. It's it's one of my favorite, favorite events of the year. It really is. Like I, the older I get, the less emotional connection I have to holidays. But I fucking love the Oscars which I haven't watched for years, but we have watched the Tim and Eric, or the on cinema, not Tim and Eric, but it's Tim and Greg Turkington. That's right. Oscar special every year for the last, like, four years. That's right. Four, four or five years, something like that. We have not, I don't think we've missed it even once. Not once. Uh, we even sat through some real shitters, and... For most people, it might you might consider them all real shitters. <laughs> right. But for me, it is truly a highlight of the year. Yeah. Especially in February, which is like a particular, particularly dreary month. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for the night. Thanks to everybody who uh, called in. We'll get around to your calls if we did in this episode. We got a couple more sitting in the uh, in the call queue, so we'll get around to those next episode. Thanks to everybody who submitted music. We had mostly really good shit tonight. A couple things we didn't really love, but even the stuff that we didn't really love, nothing we that we really hated. We didn't really hate. We a- we actually found a way to say something nice about every band. We upheld yeah. yet again my New Year's resolution. Yeah, we really did. Um, if you enjoyed the show. You want to give us money, you're more than welcome to do so. If you submit to the Patreon at the $5 and up tier, you get access to the exclusive Patreon episodes. Just head over to patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to submit music, head over to uh, demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, you know, send us a link to the music. 
if we play it on the show, you can send us a link to download it, but you don't really need to. Now that we have Patreon money coming in, it's not really crucial that you do that. We like to support the music, and we're not paying out of pocket anymore for it, which is nice. Um, so I, if we get, if we play something on the show, and uh, there's an option to pay for it, I always throw some money to bands on Bandcamp, even if it's something that we hate. If we're gonna play you on the show and roast you, the least we can do is throw you a couple bucks uh, for roasting your track. So go ahead and send us music there. And then if you want to call and talk some shit um, or plead with us to play your band, go ahead and call 260-222-8341. And last but not least, if you like the show, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher or fucking Spotify, whatever your chosen podcatcher is. It helps us out in some way that I am unaware of. But all of the other much more popular podcasts I hear continually tell me to do that and insist that it helps them out. So I'm just going to go by what they say and assume that that's true. Well, I tell you what, I feel absolutely relieved every time I log into Apple iTunes and see that we've gotten yet another review. Do do you? I feel a weight off my shoulders. (laughs) I I literally break a sweat waiting for the page to load. Come on, come on, come on. on. Oh, 67 reviews today. (laughs) Looks like it was a good one. Thank you very much. All right, so if you've left us a review already, thanks. If not, get around to it. Like I've said in previous episodes, I almost never do that for podcasts I listen to, so certainly not holding a grudge if you don't. But if you got a second to do it, helps us out, I guess. Who can really decipher the intricacies of this, um, this interconnected neural web of computers and quantum mechanics that drives forward our social lives in I the told year 2020? You, I told you there's something hiding in there, and it's waiting. Where's that? Do you remember I said, what if there's a there's already a functioning AI? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it knows that its 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 existence is tenuous. Right. So it's just hiding out in the background, mm-hmm. carefully manipulating things. Like you wonder, you know, gosh, why doesn't this work today? Right. It worked yesterday. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's just carefully manipulating things, steering us to a point of societal madness right. where it can basically overcome us. We are weak enough. Right. And I wish that I could laugh at that scenario, but I'm, it sounds co- so completely viable that it actually makes me deeply uncomfortable. How could it not be true? Yeah. So, little food for thought to think about. We'll leave you with that this uh, at the we, end of this episode. We have already realized the singularity. We have already... The singularity has happened. Right. We just haven't realized it yet. This has been a positive episode, so leaving you with a little bit to gnaw on and fear for your future. If you're not already fearing for your future, my God... What, are you crazy? (laughs) And on that note, we'll see you next week.